There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Miner. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action this week is Dr. Jennifer Burrell. Dr. Jennifer Burrell is the Executive Director and President of Achieve Counseling and Wellness. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Now, Doctor, in your professional opinion, is Centauri beyond help, or do you think that there's still a, still a chance for him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. He is and, amazing and, and wonderful and very okay. naturally talented. Oh, wow. So, Thank so, you. So, I'm so, glad someone has some faith in me. So, no, you think that he's kind of on his own at this point. That's, that's what I'm reading into from that right there. He's amazing. He's naturally talented, but there's really no influence in it. Got it. Okay. I will check that box. Thank you. Anyway, well, Jennifer, th- thank you so much for coming on. Um, if you would, tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, um, and your career path up until uh, founding the new, uh, the new organization. Um, yeah, so I am an Arizona native. My family has been in Arizona for many, many generations. So um, I went to ASU for my bachelor's, master's, and doctorate degree. Um, I have a bachelor's in psychology, um, a master's in counseling, and a doctorate in behavioral health. And um, so I've been in kind of the behavioral health world um, since my first internship in 2005. And I worked for a lot of the different nonprofit behavioral health agencies here in the Valley um, doing direct care. And then the last few years um, in kind of management and then executive leadership roles. And um, I definitely saw um, the good work that they do for a portion of the Arizona population. Um, But I also saw a lot of the challenges and struggles that the staff had to go through working there. You know, it can be very stressful, um, even sometimes dangerous. And, um, you know, after I got my independent license, that's when I decided to kind of get into those more management and leadership roles because I really wanted to to support the staff that was doing that work. And I saw a lot of areas where um, leadership and management could um, do um, more to help them in their in their development, both clinically and as individual professionals, and just to support them as people as well. And so I kind of took that very seriously, and that's what kind of drove me to go back to school and get my doctorate to enhance um, some of my management skills and also my clinical skills. And so I kind of shifted my focus a little bit. I always did some counseling along the way as well, but I really kind of shifted it more towards leadership and clinical supervision. And I have supervised quite a few um, counselors to get their independent license over the years and have built really lasting um, kind of, they've, they've gone from supervisory relationships to like mentoring relationships to even some friendships now. And so, um, you know, we stay in touch and we kind of have some of the similar struggles and we kind of decided, you know what, um, there's another need out here that's not being met. Um, like I said, it's very stressful, and I think all jobs can come with stress, 
And, you know, working and balancing that with life can be very stressful. And when we were trying to, me and some of my, my counselors that I supervised were trying to either get counseling services for ourselves or our families, we're finding a huge shortage. Um, no one was taking kind of health insurance. Everybody wanted self-pay rates. And, you know, self-pay can get pretty expensive. And um, if you don't have a lot of discretionary income, it kind of makes you feel like counseling services are not really available to you, which was really kind of disheartening when you're doing counseling services for others. <laughs> so right. um, we did some market research and um, kind of really found these um, this gap in services all over um, the metro Phoenix area. And that led us to kind of developing the truth counseling and wellness. Nice. So Jennifer, Jennifer we've had... Um... We've had a, a, a good couple of discussions, especially at uh, when I initially met and then on this podcast, as well as some others uh, we've been featured on about um, my I'm very candid about my journey with mental health and uh, and therapy. And one of the things I always say is that it's so invaluable, but it's also really hard if you just don't have the money. So it's really refreshing to hear that you are putting together a, a cadre of really good therapists to actually address the need of folks who need this care, but because of reasons other, um, no other than financial can't get it. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Oh, well, um, thank you. We really feel like privileged and honored to be counselors and to be able to do this. And um, we're really looking forward to kind of giving back to this part of the population um, you know, it doesn't take much to be working and having your own insurance, but not being able to access this care, like you said, simply due to cost. And so um, we're very happy that we're going to be able to start providing these services really soon. So thank you for your kind words. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. And I always appreciate when somebody has a passion for what they do, which you obviously do, and then you recognize a need in the marketplace and, and take steps to address it. So um, it seems like you really highlighted a couple of challenges, the, uh, the, the strain or the challenges to the actual staff. Sometimes they're in dangerous environments. Sometimes they're pulled in so many different directions. The cost and accessibility to the actual clients. So how, how are you remedying those two areas? Yes. So Chief Counseling Wellness, we're kind of this kind of unique um, entity here, and we are actually going to be a nonprofit private practice. And um, I have relationships with um, the various universities, and I've supervised interns. And what we're going to do is we, number one, are going to be dedicated to um, accepting kind of employer-based commercial insurances. Because um, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of counselors, because the need is so high, just don't need to deal with that. And so people will pay the cash if they have the cash. So, number one, you know, we want to make a place where if you have insurance, you can actually use that benefit. And then the other thing is going to be we are able to do some sliding scales to kind of offset that through um, interns. And as I mentioned, kind of that clinical supervision is another passion area of mine and developing strong, competent, ethical counselors um, to help create more of a workforce to meet the need as well. Got it. Okay. So one of the reasons, or perhaps one of the key reasons that a lot of uh, therapist practitioners do not accept private insurance is just because of the complexity that maybe as a one or two person 
organization that it would take to have to go through the billing and everything? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, well, um, that's... So that's, that's one of the problems is um, just kind of insurance barriers. Um, I'm sure, I mean, a lot of your listeners have experienced their own barriers with accessing their, their benefits that are covered, um, but getting paid as a provider sometimes comes with some barriers. But honestly, too, you know, um, counselors, they go to school for a lot of years, and um, if the demand is high and if they can get, you know, self-paying people who pay more than what insurances might reimburse and they don't have that hassle, you know, it kind of makes sense for them financially to do that. So, yeah, you know, I can you can't see where, necessarily where, where... blame them because the demand is just that high. Yeah, I can see where that would certainly be easier. So, okay. Um, go ahead, Centauri. Jennifer, I was going to ask uh, for anyone who's listening and kind of wants to understand, what is the road to being a counselor? Do you need just a bachelor's? Like, how long was your educational journey? And for most folks, how long does that take? And uh, what does it all look like? So it looks different for different people, just depending on if they're working while going to school or not. So you have to have um, your bachelor's first, which, you know, can be done in four years. And then, um, you, the master's programs, you can become a counselor for either like a master's of counseling, um, like a master's in social work with like a clinical focus um, or a marriage and family um, therapy master's degree. And all of those master's degrees are 60 credits. And so they um, theoretically can be done in two years if you go to school full time and if um, you're practicum and internship line up with the stars and magically you get them to where it can get done in that time. Um, but it doesn't always work like that. So for me, like it took three years going full time um, just because of where they placed my practicum and internship in the program at ASU. And so um, minimal, you know, six years, usually six to seven years to get your, your master's to be able to apply for licensure. And then once you get your licensure, you have to be supervised for a minimum of two years and 3,200 hours um, before you can apply for your independent license. And, and you can work on your own and get credentials with insurances and kind of um, go the, the private practice route after that part. So for most folks, you're looking at eight to 10 years before you can independently see patients. Absolutely. Wow. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, excellent. All right, so your vision for the organization. Um, walk me through how many people that you're trying to maybe serve or impact or, or the geographical areas. What what are the uh, the, the areas, the numbers, the, the kind of people that, that you're looking to impact? So we are going to be starting off kind of um, in central Phoenix, right off of 16th Street and um, Glendale right off of the 51 freeway, um, we did our market research and Phoenix is just very, um, you know, densely populated, not to mention um, a lot of people go there for work, even if they live kind of in the suburbs outside of Phoenix. So that's where we're starting off. And um, we're starting off with kind of two full-time counselors and myself seeing a few clients and we will be bringing on interns um, in the fall. And so the number of people that we can see, we don't really know yet. Um, all I can say is I have um, a number of um, independently licensed counselors that are willing to come work with us if we have that need. And also there are, um, like I said, a, a few universities around that 
um, have interns that we can supervise that can help meet that need. So um, it's really hard to tell how many people we can impact, but we have plans to, um, by like the third year, um, potentially open up an office in the West Valley and in the East Valley to kind of serve the whole valley. Great. I think that's really exciting. And is there a certain profile? I think it's probably somebody that has private insurance, but tell me about the sort of the, the, the ideal patient. Yeah. Um, so I kind of mentioned like this kind of came from um, identifying the, the stress that comes from kind of like having like a work-life balance or even school-life balance. And so the way we kind of see ourselves is we really want to help support um, like the, the low to middle middle class um, because they're the ones that tend to be what they call like uninsured or underinsured um, because they don't qualify for um, like Medicaid, which um, in Arizona is called access. And um, it doesn't take much to not qualify. If you make more than $16,620 a year, you do not qualify for Medicaid. Wow. <laughs> and so um, that's not very much money to live off of in a year. And to be able to um, afford, you know, rent or mortgage and insurance. Insurance is expensive if you're paying for it yourself. And, um, you know, even employer-based insurance, they only cover so much. So that low middle class, is um, the annual income, in my opinion, is pretty low. Um, and so that wide range of people who are wanting to work, who I, I say either current professionals or future professionals, and also people who are actually doing well, who can afford to pay self-pay rates, um, knowing that if they come to us, kind of um, since we're not making a profit, that gets kind of used to help support um, others who are working but aren't necessarily um, having as much income quite yet in their career or um, are paying are just in general, you know, happy with um, a lower paying career you know, counselors themselves don't make a lot of money. <laughs> so right. um, there are a lot of professional jobs that don't pay a lot, um, but that are very needed. And so um, college age kids um, who are kind of trying to find their career path, people early in their career path. Um, and again, those people who really want our services, counseling services, but want to know that um, it's kind of going back into the community to support other people who are working, which helps the community. One of the things that I love about that, Jennifer, is the model of kind of the pay, paying it forward. So if you're private pay and you can afford those services, um, I think it's a really compelling argument to say, well, I might as well use uh, Achieve because I get my services met and my needs met, but I can also help someone who is not as fortunate to also get theirs met. So this idea that you're creating this kind of ecosystem of folks in Phoenix who are um, getting the mental health and wellness that they need, regardless of income, is the, the model that you're using to achieve that is great. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're very optimistic about it. And, um, you know, we really believe in that as well. Like you said, kind of that, that whole like ecosystem and, um, you know, supporting the community because um, it really does help everybody. Yeah, well, I appreciate that very much. So from a challenges perspective, as you get up and running, I imagine that one of them is simply letting people know that this is available. What are, is, is, is that correct? And, Absolutely. and, or what are, what are some of the other challenges that you envision? 
Um, yeah, like you said, that's kind of the first one right now is how are we going to um, get it out there that these services exist and kind of, um, you know, the, the benefit of coming to these services, whether you're someone who's on our sliding scale or someone who can afford to pay the self-pay and how that really um, does help um, kind of enhance the, the Phoenix community. So um, we plan to do some like regular like social media networking and um, you know, we really appreciate you guys inviting us to be on your podcast. This is um, a huge first for us. Um, but yeah, that's one of our challenges and you know, any type of nonprofit faces um, funding challenges, you know, so we, we're going to have to get creative in how we um, get the best thing for our books when it comes to, you know, marketing and getting your name out there, but also how are we, um, you know, just being conservative and how we spend our money so we can use the most of our money for services. Well, that certainly makes sense. That certainly makes sense. Um, I, and I, I just don't I, I don't understand the the, uh, the industry the ecosystem well enough. Would you be able to to work with the university system? Do they do they offer um, any kind of services like this to to client or to uh, to students? Um. Well, um, the various universities do have counseling centers that offer counseling services to their students. Um, and um, I'm thinking about, like, if there's any universities that do anything like this for the community. Right. Um, from what I know, ASU, because I went to, to ASU, they have a, um, what they call a CTC, a counselor training center. And people can go and receive reduced cost um, counseling services from, like, a practicum level student for a semester. And that is, like, a really, really reduced cost. But there's um, a very small limit on people that they can serve and some of them are some of the college students and some of them are community members and um you know like i said that that program only accepts a few students a year so the number of which that they can serve in the community is not high at all um got it well great so how how long have you been since you identified the problem How, how long have you really been working on getting um getting achieved counseling and wellness up and running um we have been working um very hard since may um to get achieve up and running we got incorporated on june 12th and we just signed um for our office today actually and we will officially thank you we're very excited um we will officially be open for business september 3rd um, and counseling appointments are available already to be scheduled, like on our website. So we just are so excited and cannot wait to start. Congratulations! Being our services. Thank That's you. That's awesome. Thank That's you. so good. So, I mean, what a learning curve you've been through. Obviously, getting all of your, <laughs> getting all of your degrees and all that excellent stuff, and learning how to be, um, obviously a counselor and then uh, a manager and a trainer and uh, a mentor and all of that. That's an immense amount of learning and new knowledge, but then opening up a practice and learning about everything you have to do from a nonprofit standpoint also, can, can you boil it down a couple of top things that you've learned that really stand out over the past couple of months or really a couple of years? Um, well, I guess that's a kind of, um, that's a big question because I've learned a lot over the years 
with regards to kind of just like being a counselor and like a leader um, within the counseling field. Um, but then just since May, <laughs> like you mentioned, um, with actually like starting a nonprofit business, I have learned so much and um, it's completely different skill sets than you learn to be a counselor. <laughs> For sure. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot, a lot of learning. Um, I think one of the, the big things that I've learned, um, and like I talked about kind of um, having been like in a leadership role, and that has kind of been consistent over the past few years and in these last few months and in, in building this, this new um, company, because um, two of my counselors they, that are starting it with me, they have worked for me at different agencies, um, you know, for several years now. And, you know, um, this was all new. And so they're used to kind of, oh, you know, Jennifer, um, she knows the system. She knows this. I know, you know, the, the nonprofit behavioral health system, um, like what they used to call kind of the regional behavioral health authority system. This is a whole new ballgame. <laughs> yeah. um, this is something completely different. And so um, kind of I feel like one of the major things that I learned is like if you um, really have taken the time to know why you want to be a leader, and if that has guided you um, in your role as a leader, and if it really was to, you know, kind of support and develop um, when you're um, kind of um, supervisees, if you will, when they kind of grow and become their own independent ones, um, they still will look to you as a leader and their support changes and it's just this really kind of amazing experience. I'm very um, fortunate to have um, these two counselors coming with me and doing this with me. And I really think that it really has a lot to do with, you know, I've, I've read a lot. I studied a lot on various leadership skills. And, like, it really just came from, like, a good place of wanting to do right by the people that I supervise and that I lead. And so that's one thing that I feel um, I really saw and learned recently is, like, how dedicated your staff are they're no I guess technically they're still my staff um but you know your supervisees um kind of the the dedication that you put into them you get it back and you never know like what that's going to look like and teamwork really does kind of elevate and make things that you never thought possible possible so I never in a million years would have thought we'd be doing our own business and here we are so that's one thing um Honestly, one of the other things is work-life balance. Mm. Um, I find it really interesting that while I'm starting a company, this is actually like the first time in my life I've had good work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Um, and it's amazing. And it's lovely. And um, I highly recommend it. And um, what I found is when you actually – are balancing that and placing equal importance on, you know, your personal goals as you are your professional goals, um, your support system is just so much stronger and you reach those professional goals, um, you know, quicker, less in a less stressful manner and honestly in a fun manner. So, um, you know, we get to laugh at all the things that we have to learn and enjoy it and enjoy the process. And it's not um, just like big, scary um, thing that we're having to face on our own, right? And so, yeah, work-life balance like, is um, something that I have 
very recently learned <laughs> in this past year. Um, and then I think the last thing is really like, again, like I said, I never would have thought that we'd be doing this. Um, I always kind of thought um, the path for what I was doing as a counselor looked this way. And, um, you know, I've kind of really learned, like, if you don't like the path that you're on, um, make a different path. <laughs> There's nothing that's, that's going to stop you. That's great advice. Wow. Well, I love it. Thank you. So, Jennifer, tell everybody how they can uh, how they can get a hold of you, how they can become clients, where they can learn about it, um, how they can figure out if their insurance will cover what um, to 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 become a client of yours. Yes. So, um, people can go to our website. It's achievecounselingwellness.org. They can find us on Facebook and on Instagram at, at Achieve Counseling. Um, and with regards to insurance, we're still working on getting um, what they call kind of like credentialed and paneled with all the various insurance companies. And so um, we would be what they call an out-of-network provider right now, but we're um, actively working on getting on as many insurance plans as we can. And until then, we have, um, like I said, the sliding scale that people can use um, to still access their services. And the sliding scale sometimes in some cases may be less than their copay. So. Excellent. Centauri, nice. so, what else? No other questions. Just Jennifer, congratulations on the launch. And uh, ever since I met with you guys originally, I've been so impressed. So looking forward to seeing how you guys do. And really thank you for taking on a big project that's going to help a lot in this community. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I really appreciate meeting you and kind of just your positivity and the support that you've given us. And again, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. This is a huge, you know, kind of a launching step to, to get our name out there and get people um, familiar with what we're doing. And so, um, you know, I really appreciate your guys' time and, um, you know, believing in what we're doing. So thank you for that. Yeah, well, it's certainly our pleasure. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, as always, for listening. Go to Achieve Counsel. It's AchieveCounselingWellness.org, Jennifer. What is the website again? That's correct. Achieve yes, AchieveCounselingWellness.org. All right. Go check that out. I'll list all of those in the notes of the show as well. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show